Ahoy, ahoy, all of you bronzies out there. Thank you all very much for, once again, tuning in to Bronze Metal Podcast. We're happy to have you. Uh, today you got me, Zach, and you got Doug over there. He's got a bit of a bit of a throat thing going on right now, so if, if he's sounding like a death metal vocalist today, you'll understand why. Is it because you've been practicing? <laughs> no, actually. No, so <laughs> so we, got, we got me and Doug here as per usual, and we're super stoked to have on the podcast with us today as well. The vocalist of Hacktivist, Jot Maxi. Jot, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing absolutely wonderful. Good man, just yeah. living the dream over here. <laughs> yeah, we're in the we're 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 just kind of winding down for the for the afternoon right now. But where you're at, you're probably in the in the middle of the of the night currently. <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Like two or three a.m. is uh, around the time I start forcing myself to go bed. So like. <laughs> It's 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 two a.m. right now, and I'm not, I ain't tired, so it's like I'm yeah. still uh, yeah. <laughs> I gotta start winding down after we after we have a chat, I guess. Yeah, totally. Do you do you like so? I'd imagine that in that time leading up to two, that you're kind of generally maybe more of a night owl, working on different like creative projects, whether it be the the music or the video or anything like that. Yeah, well, I'm very like. I think everyone creative is kind of bipolar, like. <laughs> And I don't like to use that word because I think there are some people out there, creative or not, who genuinely are bipolar. Like, but what I mean is creativity comes in waves. So I can't be like on it every night or I'll just burn out. Mm-hmm. So I'm either on a on a creative one or um like intake or outtake. So tonight was tonight was intake. I've been uh, I've been playing some I've been playing some Assassin's Creed and stuff like that, taking it easy. <laughs> dude heck yeah that's awesome <laughs> which which yeah. one are you playing in particular you know i never really was a fan of the of the franchise but since they started being more rpg i, I kind of like it somebody told me they were more rpg and i like my rpgs so i played the the egypt one was okay and now i'm doing um sorry origins i think it's called egypt was okay and now i'm doing uh odyssey which is in greece so I'm a couple of years behind. They they came out like a couple of years ago. These two, but I don't really like the look of the Vikings one, man. I like this. It's kind of cool. The characters are, characters are female. She's like she doesn't wear the hood. You can you can, but I've got her looking like Wonder Woman, man. She runs around. She's got like super strength. It's not like Assassin's Creed. This one's kind of cool. Dude, that's dope though. I haven't have, have you played those games yet, Doug? Or uh, <clears throat> so I played all the original Assassin's Creeds. Gotcha. Um. Like the first one, second one, uh, Brotherhood. Um, what was the third? Revelations mm-hmm. and the third one. Yeah. And I, I stopped after like Unity or something. But I, I was thinking about like picking up Valhalla. I just haven't done it yet. Those games look super tight. Like they kind of they kind of feel like they would fall in the like I'm a fan of like Uncharted and like the Zelda games and everything. I feel like they fall like really nicely in line with that same you know, like world RPG kind of vibe and all that. So that'll be probably one that I have to pick up at some point. Straight up. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm trying to write a song a day at the moment. And um, today's was, uh, today's was during the day. So I let myself chill out tonight. I've been chilling. Uh-huh. Heck yeah. So when you're, when you're, say you're writing songs, are these songs of, of your, your own just like independently or are these songs for hacktivist at the moment? It really depends like some it's always starts as um unless i've got 
uh, some fresh activist instrumental music unless I get sent um, an instrumental demo from the rest of the guys. Um, anything I write starts out being... No, I don't sit there and say, I'm going to write a solo song or I'm going to write an activist song. It just, it's a song. Mm-hmm. And then um, it will quite often start to be very clear um, once it takes shape and starts to look like a finished body of work, whether it's going to match up more to um, kind of a dark electronic vibe, which is what with the direction I'm going on my own right now, or whether it's going to be more of a, uh, a raging metal track <laughs> which is obviously where the activist energy is best suited so yeah i never really decide until um 80 of the time i don't decide until the song's mostly done and then it just it will slot into whichever side of whichever side whichever mask it needs to wear to, to, <laughs> to get out there dude that's dope though i love i love like because hacktivist is such like a unique genre of being like this cool combination of metal and like kind of a rapper electronic kind of vibe, like you have the flexibility where as you're writing, it's like, okay, this could really go either way just with like certain two weeks or anything like that. So I think that's dope. You can kind of like take whatever you have and play with it to fit whatever vibe you need. So that's perfect. <laughs> straight up, straight up. I always describe it as like, I, I was always in like garage bands, doing um, metal and rock Nirvana covers when I was like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I started out playing the drums and then uh, one day the, the vocalist didn't turn up and I just jumped on the mic for, for, for a laugh. And um, <laughs> the guitarist was like, oh, wait, wait, do that again. He was like, yeah, we're going to need a new drummer. You're on, the, you're on the mic now. I was like, no, <laughs> man. I was like, no, my mom, my mom had bought me all these lessons i was like no I'm, like i've been learning the drums you can't do that to me <laughs> but i think i think deep down i was kind of totally fine with it i um i love the drums and the rhythm and i still that rhythm gave me the kind of flow that i used to write now so yeah. i think it's it was flow training yeah anyway so i started out on uh, bands and metal and then the rap world when I saw like people with a UK accent, people with a British accent rapping, I was like, whoa, like I'm being taken seriously. It started to be on radio and late night radio. I was like, wow. And uh, I'd already written loads of raps for fun. And then that's, um, that's what I did for 10 years or so. And then when, when, when I met the hacktivist guys and I watched hacktivists start, um, and they asked me to jump on the first album because obviously before I joined the band, I, I featured on, on their first album. Mm-hmm. On our first album. It was theirs at the time. <laughs> yeah, so it's just uh, back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I went full circle. It's like I started out in the rock and the metal, the new metal, and then um, really went deep into the, the UK rap and the grime. And then, I, long story short, ended up in a band where I got the, the both worlds. It's it's like um, there's a perfect word and I've lost it, but it's like everything's come together. It's the yeah, it's the <laughs> <laughs> dude. I love that though, and actually, I think it's really cool too. I wouldn't have figured that you would have said this specifically. The fact that you were like, I love listening to UK rappers. Like the fact that like 
the, you know, hearing it within that accent. Cause quite frankly, like I, I like a lot of us, a lot of us hip hop, but when I listen to people like from the UK or actually there's like X and hop, which I think was like German from back in the day and hear it like in more like European fashion, I think it just vibes way harder <laughs> personally. So I think that's dope for one. And then two, I think it's cool learning that you were uh, like a drummer before it all, because quite frankly, in listening to your flows and what you do in these songs, like they sound very, they sound very different from what you hear from a lot of, like a lot of just standard hip hop vocalists. And I actually thought to myself, like, these are some like kind of unique, like almost like percu- like what you would hear in a percussive application. So hearing it vocally is awesome. And knowing that that's your background is even cooler. Cause it's like, Oh, that kind of answers that. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking it, sick. Yeah. <laughs> it is that it is that like, um, a lot of the time I'll, if I'm lost for words or lost for a subject and I'm just moved by the music, or if I just want to speed up, speed up writing a verse instead of going line by line thoughtfully, Sometimes I just want to like, I've got too much energy to, to not, to wait. All right. I've got too much energy to wait until I've written enough lines to, to vocalize. I just need to vocalize. I'll just use my voice like an instrument. Just be like, kind of like Korn does his, um, I realized as I was doing it, it's kind of like, exactly. Dude, that's, that's, that's such a cool point, actually. Like instead of, instead of kind of bogging yourself down, if you're, if you're, if you're kind of pressed for, for knowing what you're actually going to be saying in any of these verses, like just to actually know, okay, I know how I want it. I want it to flow. I know how I want it to sound and feel and all that. And then the lyrics will come afterwards. So you kind of have like these, this two prong approach in that case where you can either start with lyrics if you want, or you can start with just whatever, whatever vocable like rhythms you want. So that's smart. That's, that's really cool. And that like, that's unique within rap too. So I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) That's really cool. I mean, it's definitely a cool method. I don't think I'm the only one in the world doing it. Definitely not. Um, mm. I saw a video of uh, Wiz Khalifa. And uh, I know a lot of other other people in all genres of music, do, like a lot of other artists, vocalists will, will do it as well. And he was just in the booth, just... And then he was just filling it in with um, with words that came to his mind. So I think that kind of um, flow, just starting with the flow and then filling in the words after is great. But the drums definitely gave me that. Like that real oh, rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm. Uh, that's like, that's like my, like instrument of choice too. So like when I hear vocalists kind of using like percussion or drums as like, their their way of conveying what they're doing i just i totally i totally vibe with that so i love the hell out of that <laughs> that's so dope um up. yeah w- up. when you're when you're like so uh assuming that you probably also like take the opposite approach of you know coming up with lyrical content before before uh you know taking the more rhythmic approach like what we were just talking about uh yep. where do you where do you where do you pull inf- inspiration from in those cases if not like from the rhythmic end where do you pull it from the from the content end Wow, like, you know what? I don't, I've started recently, actually I say recently, two days ago I made a a folder called Song Ideas. Um, Not like a document, just a list basically of song ideas. And I started with like titles or just a a line that describes the the subject. 
I never have done that before. I would always just be um, pulled into, I used to start with the first verse and re, um, in recent years, I've been starting with a chorus um, to try and lock that subject down before I start just, just rambling on a, in a verse about loads of different things. And it's very hard to determine the theme when it comes to writing the chorus, so I switched it around. But um, I've started writing song ideas, which I know is a really good, I picked it up in some seminar I was doing, like some London guys were doing some seminar, songwriting seminar. I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> who, and, who, who was holding that? Yeah, it was um, if you don't songwriting, songwriting Academy. Uh-huh. And it's like a group of uh, kind of middle-aged songwriters who um, have had success with a lot of pop, mainstream pop artists um, from all over the world, but mainly mainly from the UK. I think uh, 80% of the artists they were listing were from the UK. Anyway, mm-hmm. I like to do little, little things like that anonymously. I'll change my name to like Jeff on zoom and like join these seminars and keep the camera off just to see what's going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great though. So, the fact that you're like seeking out that information, like in these ways is, is, is crucial. <clears throat> yeah. I'm just trying to speed up. I feel like I've got so much music inside still that I'm trying to speed up the process a little bit because I am lazy and slow. <laughs> so to answer your original question, like the inspiration comes from, I've said this before, like a discontent with like a discontent man like i'm the music industry it sucks like it really does um mm-hmm. and i'm talking pre pre-epidemic pre-virus it already when you get inside it and you really see the mechanisms and the way people are much more driven by um popularity and clout oh there's yeah sorry i forgot there's a word for it now clout <laughs> is this thing that everyone's sort of uh, kissing up to instead of really just networking based on talent and energy and feeling and yeah it's 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 a little bit sickening and then just don't even get me started on like politics mm. so it's really an anger and like a broken feeling inside I, I you know I start I start with that and uh that's what drives me. It's like that anger. A lot more now, um, this is a whole different subject because it's very, very new in the last few months. There's like a, a different type of passion. It's kind of like a love and a, a joy, but it still comes out sounding angry. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's crazy the way it works. But, uh, <laughs> Do you, do you find this stuff that you're listening to a lot kind of falls more since you said that a lot of what you're pumping out is fueled by by so, something that falls along the lines of of anger or something in that vein is is a lot of the stuff that you listen to uh in that same in that similar more angsty angered vein is it all over the place or I guess even like who have you been listening to recently that's been that's been helping kind of motivate your your writing I wouldn't say anger I would say emotion, like definitely even instrumentals that people send me, like, um, or the ones I use have to be, they have to have some kind of emotion, whether it's in the melody or just the edginess of the, the track has to have emotion in there. 
there's a lot of the time I get stuff that's super heavy and like super energetic, but it's just lacking soul, like lacking emotion. Mm. So it doesn't always have to be anger, uh, but definitely some kind of feeling. And yeah, I can't listen to music that isn't way um, vocal music where uh, you can hear that it's kind of homogenized or mm. the vocalist wasn't really feeling what they said, What wasn't really feeling what they were. I need to hear it. You know, like I really need to hear that there's that, um, whatever the emotion being conveyed is, I need to hear that it's really in the voice. Otherwise, I'm not so moved. There's some really good flows and some great grooves and stuff like that. They'll get me on a track, repeating a track or an album a couple of times. But the ones I always go back to are the ones that really like painstaking or real like, um tear jerking stuff yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I can't say exactly who i've been listening to man because this is gonna sound so so big-headed but like and the, and it's uh, the reason i'm gonna say it and not hold it back is because it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. but in the last few months and um i hope that one day you'll one day very soon rather than later whereas with the band we have we go through a massive process where you got to really wait for the new music we make. I'm hoping with this solo project I've got in mind, it's sooner rather than later that you hear what I'm talking about. But um, for the first time, when I go to look for music, I'm looking for what I'm looking for my genre that I'm making at the moment, and I can't find it. I have to put on tracks that I'm working on right now mm-hmm. for the first time. For the first time ever in uh, I think like 15 years of recording, not 12, 13 years of recording. Um, I'm actually listening to myself. <laughs> yeah. And no, that makes sense though. Like, cause I, I'd figure, you know, anytime writing something, it makes sense to, to like have some sort of reference material, like just playing in your ears at any time that you're not actually working on your own stuff, just to kind of either pick up on ideas or, or kind of vibe with like different mixes and just, just be able to to dissect what they're doing and then apply yeah. that in your own thing. But if but yeah. if that doesn't exist, then then you have no other choice but to just listen to your own stuff. And quite frankly, that's probably a good thing too, because then after so long of listening to your own stuff, you kind of come back with a more critical ear and you can more effectively, you know, chop it down to exactly what it needs to be instead of you know, like if, if certain things are sounding off or this or that, like then you get it exactly where it needs to be in that case. Yeah. yeah. So I like definitely. And I, I had to, I had to say that because it's true. And the fact that it's true doesn't make me feel ashamed. I think um, if I was one of those, uh, who is it? Was it like, was it uh, Kanye West or Lil Wayne or one of them guys? It's like, <laughs> so, sounds said, like one of them. He said that he only ever listened to themselves. And I was just like, nah, like, how can you even exist as an artist if that's the case? Mm. I can't even listen to myself. Like, I hated almost everything I did. And uh, for the first time, that's not true. I'm, I'm starting to like what I make, which I think is really a turning point. But I owe it to, um, <laughs> I definitely should drop a few names because um, I'm, <laughs> dead. I'm driven by, like, always been driven by corn. Mm-hmm. Um, listening the, to their Corn Issues album like I used to when I was doing garage bands when I was super young like 15 
um, I sounded like them already, apparently. I, don't, I, still don't, I still don't think it's true, but a friend of mine went, oh, man, you need to listen to this, and handed me the Issues album, and I was, like, hooked. Yeah. Um, more recently, uh, I love, like, female vocalists like Sia. You know, she writes... Oh, she's so good, man. She's awesome. Yeah. She's next level, and, like, she writes a lot of songs for a lot of well-known artists, but when it's her that sings them, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, there's a track I always go back to. It's issue, Issues, you know, the band Issues? Yeah, yep. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's tapping out. I think that's super powerful. It's like um, if The Weeknd did, did, did metal. It's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually it's, it's, yeah <laughs> that's perfectly put actually <laughs> yeah man i mean got it about what happened to them and that tyler's no longer with them but um i'm sure that both issues and tyler are going to make be making a lot of music in, in the future mm-hmm. but um yeah that that track and that album that that track is from super groovy like it's definitely for me um i was listening to a lot of the weekend uh while we were on tour in 2019 and then I came across issues and I was like, whoa, that's like what I do and what The weekend does mixed. <laughs> I was like, that's sick. <laughs> um, question, question about Korn, actually. Uh, yeah. were, and, and me just not knowing the timelines. Were you, were you, uh, were you in, like, in Hacktivist as a full member when they had played with Korn? Uh, I, I know I or, – or yeah, because I'm seeing that right here, actually uh, – so I was so I was curious since you had uh, played with Corn, did you get a chance to meet a a gentleman named Zach Bear who played keyboards for them? No, like, and this is, oh, this is like one of the most epic nights of ever of performing live for me. Uh-huh. Is also is also one of the saddest and. Um, but in short, um, I wasn't with Hacktivist when. Um, we when they we okay. <laughs> because I wasn't with them uh, it was they supported Corn uh, on tour and um, obviously spending like a solid couple of weeks with them they met all of them spent a lot of time together mm-hmm. apparently that apparently that was epic um, I was with them when we sold out the O2 Brixton Academy in London mm-hmm. Sorry, they sold it out. I mean, we supported them. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> hey, you were there for a sold out show. That counts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But we were we were put in right at the last minute, so definitely no credit to ours. Like, <laughs> dude, that's so um, tight, though. Especially since you were a huge fan. That's awesome that you've gotten to play with them. <laughs> yes, but uh, their roadies are apparently what they like to do is use a lot of ex cons who who struggle to get work. Uh huh. I don't know if that's true. Somebody told me that later on that night. But um, one of their guys, one of their stage guys from the from the sound check, right from the start of the night at the sound check, um, we just started our sound check and he was like, right, two minutes left. I was like, mm, we have to run a full song. And straight away, I just saw his look. He was like, oh, he didn't like me. He did not like me at all. <laughs> and uh, he made it he made it his job to make that night suck for us, man. So oh, man. bad. Um, like later on that, before corn even arrived in the building, 
Um, there was a rumor going around that one of Korn's backstage areas had been all messed up. And he was running around saying, oh, it was either, it was one of their vocalists, it was one of Hectivist's vocalists. Mm. And it was, it was so sad, man, because next minute you've got, like, the, the venue guy comes in, he's like, look, did any of you go in Hectivist's back room and mess it up? And I was just gutted. I was just like, this is not what tonight was supposed to be. Yeah, right. I was like, a night of drama. This is like, yeah, this is my favorite band. I want to be down there, like, knocking on their door and just, please, guys, can we get a photo? Like, you being, know, like, being homies, gonna... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, instead, I'm in this, like, lineup, like, freaking who did it? And uh, none of us did. I knew that the guy had just been spreading stories. In fact, I was like, show me a picture take me to a backstage room that is messed up or show me a picture of a messed up backstage room and like i'll stop being upset about this about you <laughs> accusing us but until i actually see and we never did i'm pretty sure nothing would happen yeah just so, word spreading <laughs> yeah so like instead of chilling out with the band we were kind of everything was on high alert that night they locked down the venue they were like well if you know it was just sucked so that's that story sucks uh-huh. and i really would i really wish it didn't Mm-hmm. I, think, I think telling you guys just now is the first time I've ever talked about it in an interview because it's kind of embarrassing. It's like, man, that, that's, that was like a hero moment for me. Uh-huh. And uh, instead, it just it, it didn't go right. So all the more reason to hope we play with them again in the future and, and it goes super well. Dude, yeah. I hope that I hope that y'all get way more opportunities to play with them because one, I'd love for that to tour here in the States so that we can go see it. Right. <laughs> like, right. that'd be so dope. And two, like, d- dude, I feel like I feel like the style that they have and the style that y'all have like would mesh just so well, like on tour or like, you know, for a one-off show or whatever. Y'all Imagine awesome a Corn uh, North Lane activist tour. Dude, that'd be so dope. I'd lose my <laughs> mind. <laughs> Speaking into existence. So that's going to be a cool tour when that happens. <laughs> right. It's such, an, it's such an honor to hear you guys like wishing that into like wanting that to happen. That's so nice. That's so cool. And um, especially that you're out there because the States is one of the places that um, the band has never been, whether before or since I've been with them. Like, it's just, there's been no U.S. tour at all since Activist were, were formed. So oh, wow. We've got to fucking change that. On the gods. Dude, I can't believe that. I, I totally had no idea that y'all hadn't, hadn't toured, or at least like, like you hadn't toured over here. Uh, in the states at any point, so that that has to happen. Holy fuck! <laughs> I'm gonna say right? I did know that because uh-huh. I found out about Hacktivist when they were on in Hearts Wake album, mm-hmm. uh, the Sky album. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What was that album called? Whatever that album was called, they were on track on that. Gotcha. And I was like, when the fuck are these guys coming? And it just hasn't happened, dude. I've I've always <laughs> wanted to see see y'all Hacktivist, man. Like that's just. It's just such a good vibe, man. I love dude, that'd be the a great energy and... at the show. <laughs> like at, at a live show, dude, that'd just be, it's like bouncing metal rap. Dude, the States would love y'all like so much. Like, like in turn, like they would give you that'd so much, so much here. love at a live show. Y'all would get so much love. <laughs> like, oh, man. like, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. Every time, um, every time I'm having a little look about on the, on the Spotify artist page, there's always one or two cities in our top five and one or two cities in the States. And I'm like, wow, man. Like, um, I know Russia, we got a lot of support in Russia. Yeah. Um, 
even as far as India, the guys played out there before, shortly before I joined. So I missed that one too. I need to get out there again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just seeing that there's so much love out there in the US as well. That's that's super nice. Yeah, even even outside of touring, have you been to been to the states before? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I spent a few months as a baby living out there. Um, I think my mom was around the Boston area. She took me to the top of the uh, the Empire State. So oh. as a baby, as a baby, I was out there. Can't remember that obviously. And then again. <laughs> um, I was out there in Florida when I was 14, 14 years old with my skateboard. I went to the van skate park and I was skating about the streets with my super mega sized subway drink. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I knew, I I knew you did, yeah, I knew <laughs> you did it super size out there, but that subway thing was the size of my skateboard, man. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we go big or go home out here, man. Yeah, we don't yeah. fuck around. <laughs> Straight up, straight I got up. a I question for you. Go on, go on. <laughs> what What do our accents sound like? Yeah, well, listen, right? Listen, like we grew up with Hollywood. We grew up with rap. We grew up with uh, Friends and Seinfeld. Like our mm. basically the the UK from a kid, it's we're saturated in. Um, in u.s culture pop culture is made uh, like a majority of it is u.s more more nowadays than there's a lot of british actors making it into super cool series and films yeah. and stuff like that but a lot of them will, will just do a u.s accent and it's like okay i'm happy for them they made it to, to you know like worldwide um, screens but um, you wouldn't know they were british unless you'd seen them before or you look them up and or you watch an interview but um the accent is something that's second nature to us. In fact, like when you're a kid, like six, seven years old, when I was a kid playing with my cousins, I remember we were all running around the garden and we had no idea what we were doing, obviously. Like, and I remember my aunt, my aunt was like, why do you always put on an American accent when you're playing? And it was just like, what? <laughs> and I think that, that was the first time that I stopped and looked around and all my cousins and me, we were doing American accents. We were just playing like, I don't know, some kind of Ninja Turtles or something. We were just doing. <laughs> so even like even it made its way into just our make believe world, not just on TV. So accent for us, man, we don't even think twice about it. Mm. Um, I know it's kind of the other way around for you guys. If when I come across someone from the states who hasn't spoken to a real life British person before, I have to go through the six minute like. Your accent. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. like, oh my gosh, your accent's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. Just get it all out. Get it all yeah. out, man. You know, get it all out. I'll just talk for a minute and you can just like, you can just every, laugh. And... Every fucking time I hear a British accent from somebody, I'm like, that guy is a thousand times smarter than me. Every time. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, English accent. He's way smarter than me. Like, and he picks up way more chicks. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm like, God damn it, dude. Yeah, I'm wow. serious. I'm just like. Yeah, that's that's the perception here. <laughs> At least between these two Americans, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> these two Yankees. I mean, it, it is connected to like an um, uh, intelligence stereotype, but when it starts to get posh, like when it starts to be like a class stereotype, yeah, that, that sucks because um, like the UK – the slums and the ghettos in the UK, the council estates as we call them, they are some of the rough 
toughest places. Like, it's what turned me from a nice little boy who used to like run around pretending I was Yoshi or Pokemon or whatever into like this shaved head kid who used my skateboard as a weapon and was ready to like defend my friends all the time. Especially in Ireland, when I moved to Ireland with my with my English accent, not Northern Ireland, right? Don't get it twisted. Northern Ireland is <laughs> still a very violent place. Um, yeah, I learned to be like a. It's hard. Like it's hard. This, um, so that kind of stereotype of, you know, the smart, the butler, the UK, the British butler kind of type, like James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that exists, you know, in, in a high class environment, but yeah, on the streets, it's, it's mad, man. Like, this, it's uh, it's very, very hard. So, uh, as long as everyone's aware that both different, you know, oh, yeah. both extremes exist. Mm, totally. Yeah. And I don't feel more intelligent because I'm accent, definitely not. <laughs> hey, at least you got, at least you got all of us fooled. Even like, even at, to whatever, whatever uh, UK accent speaker out there they they sound smart to us they could be they could be they could have nothing going on up here <laughs> and they'd have us Straight up. but uh what what uh what part of what part of the uk are are you like from originally right i'm gonna make this a quick answer because yeah. it's one of the hardest questions for me to answer uh-huh. world, right people is people just be like where are you from i'm like oh <laughs> man there's no easy way out. So I'll, I'll give you the, the easy way that I've constructed to, to try and make it short. I was born in London, but my whole mum's side is Irish and my dad's side is English, French, German. Mm. So, like, I'm a proper mongrel. And, um, oh, yeah, like proper, they are too. Proper, <laughs> yeah, proper mixed breed. And then I spent less than half my life in the UK. So, um, I lived in Ireland, Northern Ireland for like eight years and I'm living in the South of France right now. I mean, mm. um, I'm in the South of France. I've been out here for five years and it's the second time I lived out here. So like less than half my life I've lived outside of the UK. I don't even really feel British. Mm. So it's, it's kind of a hard one to answer. I was born in London, but never lived there, and I'm kind of English-Irish, but with a bit of French, and yeah, I moved around a lot. There you go. That's yeah. the short answer. <laughs> I, I totally hear that. Uh, like, we're, we're kind of a similar thing. Like, I was I was born in New Jersey, so like, you're Northeast, and then I moved around the South for a little bit. That's where the, the y'all comes from, and then I moved up to Chicago, hey. Chicago for a while, so that's... So it's kind of like a mixture of some of the Chicago and the Southern coming together and all that. So it's like, yeah, just kind of a hodgepodge of, of different different accents or different, I don't know, derivative sounds. From How long were you in New Jersey for? That was like a blip. That was like I was born and it was six months later we moved down to like Mississippi, Georgia, and Arkansas. So, so yeah, we lived like pretty close for a while. Yeah. So I was were, born on Long Island. Uh-huh. Or, I think I was, no, I was born on Stony Brook, wherever the fuck that is. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's a big, a lot of shit going on there, dude. A lot New of York, shit going on yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> a lot of shit going on. So mm. I don't even know, but yeah, I see that. I see that um, you guys aren't in the same place now. So how far, how far away from each other do you live right now? Actually, we live, we live 
right in the same yeah, we're, we, yeah, <laughs> we live like five minutes away from each other yeah so we 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 both we both uh we both live in this in this small little town in colorado it's called buena vista it's like a three thousand pop town uh so super super small like it's got cool mountain views all around and everything like that and yeah it's kind of a kind of a little slice of heaven so that's that's where we're at now you have to say for everyone listening, you have to tell me what just happened. So obviously we've got each other on. We we're all on video, and you two, you two are on separate video screens. So I was like, oh, you two don't live in the same place, and you just spun the you just spun the camera around, and you, you guys are sitting at a, sitting at the same table. <laughs> it's it's funny because like because today like in this day and age like we've even said like because I was just traveling I was in I was in Denver over the weekend and that's like two hours uh, east of here we we very well with like Zoom and all that like could do this remotely but honestly it's kind of it's kind of nice like we have our routine of like we set up the microphones we kind of just shoot the shit like like just have conversation to kind of warm up to get into another conversation so so yeah it's kind of nice like even though we can do it remotely it's like ah. Might as well just hang out and do this thing. <laughs> so the only, the only thing on. that's bad about it is reverb. Oh yeah, that's like, it. Sometimes the the mics will kind of like pass back and forth depending on who's talking or whatever. But right, yeah. So but yeah, it's uh, dude, I think isn't Gojira in southern France? You would know. Yeah, Gojira. Man. yeah, I think so. Yeah, man. Like uh, we've been backstage with them a few times out here. Oh, sick, dude. Those guys are so tight. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely are, man. It's uh, it's super cool. They're from here. They're from not far away from here. Yeah. Uh, do you do you know of what was the one that we saw in Colorado Springs betraying the martyr? Was that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah betraying they're, the they're martyrs. From, they're from there too, right? I think they're from Paris. I think. Yeah, maybe. What it is? Yeah, betraying the martyrs are a Paris band. Um. And uh, Aaron Matz, who recently left. Betraying the Mudders, but he's he's been their vocalist since the start. Uh, um, he featured on uh, Hyper Dialect on on our new album, so he's on Hacktivist Hyper Dialect. Mm-hmm. Aaron Matz, so he's uh, he's betraying the Mat, uh, betraying the Martyrs vocalist. He's from the UK, but he lives in Paris. Mm-hmm. When the rest of the band are all from from different parts of France, but they live in Paris. Yeah. So yeah, we. Uh, we were backstage with them guys so often, obviously, because I speak French. Living out here, I was speaking with them guys in, you know, and they were like, it was nice to be able to speak French with them on tour because, uh, yeah, all different languages on tour. And um, I like to show off as well. Dude, <laughs> like, good, good on you for actually, like, taking the, the time out and, like, and, and learning that skill. <laughs> I'm sure they oh, appreciate that. Just That's just kind of a good thing to do. <laughs> It was kind of selfish because I was like 20 when I first came to France and I was like, man, and I was single and the girls out here are something special. Like it's kind of Mediterranean. Uh, the south of France is all very hot and Mediterranean. Everyone's super brown. Because mm-hmm. um, you're right like, up against the right up against the sea when you get far enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. The sea's right there. Mediterranean, the Europe and the Mediterranean overlap each other. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah man i was like whoa i need to get speaking to some of these like girls out here (laughs) uh, (laughs) that's the best motivation (laughs) yeah took me about six months of just like writing down everything i heard going up to people and being like write that down what what was that i understood that word but i need to see how it's written and like just 
really gr- grinding for for the first six months before I could make a sentence, and now I've been speaking it like ten years, and I still make so many mistakes, but I can say what I want. It's cool. I can. Uh-huh. It's nice to be. Yeah, it's it's, it's a very cool thing. Mm. If I could, um, if I could give advice to anyone who's twenty, I would say like learn a different language definitely it's super super fun thing and it makes you look at communication in a whole different way it's kind of gang it's kind of gangster it's totally well, that sucks because i'm 28 now so <laughs> yeah that, that blows <laughs> that's something that i've always really appreciated about like european culture just like i know that european culture is is a combination of a shit ton of other cultures but like just at large like european culture is like okay you understand that there's like all these different countries with different languages so for you to be able to fare, it makes sense to like to learn at least something else. Whereas here in the states, like that's just never been like a like a require like a requisite of any sort. So, uh, so I just appreciate that that's the case. Are you are you like closer to the to the Italy side of things, or are you more along the Spain end of things in terms of sound? So I was um, a little bit closer to Italy in the, on the east um, in Marseille, and now couple years ago i moved a little bit closer to the spain side i'm mm. in a city called toulouse this is where the um this is where the concord was was designed and created this is uh the home of aviation in fact this is where they build a lot of the world's planes right here huh oh that's sick that's cool yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, there's a space center as well it's like europe's center of um, aviation and aerospace and i'm really into science fiction and like all futuristic technology so i i kind of like that it makes me proud to live here it's kind of cool dude hell yeah that's super dope that's like a cool fun fact about like where you're at currently yeah yeah that's why i threw it in there (laughs) heck yeah i love that dolly thundering concept is from oh yeah yeah Yeah. so is novelists Mm. they're from france yeah do you listen to dolly thundering you know what um anytime anyone speaks about an artist or band I haven't heard before, I stick it on a list and it goes on. I, I listen to it the next day. So yeah, there's this, there's a song. I don't know if they put out more music, but they have this song called God is dead that they just put out. So it, fucking like, sick. The dude. combination of the song itself and, that, and the, like, video. the video for it, dude, it's so dope. It's so rad. <laughs> so definitely recommend it. Uh, Say the band name again. What are they called? So it's called here. I'll even, I'll even drop in the chat. That way you don't have to even write it out. There, there you go. Nice one. Sweet. Thundering. Should tell him about Dead Vectors since he's working on a song a day. Oh, dude. Yeah. Dude, Dead Vectors, have you listened to them or heard of them? No, what is it? They got a really fast, quick work rate? They yeah, they do They do an EP a month. They've been no. so. Yeah, they've put out seven this year, right? Yeah, so yeah. so it's an EP a month, and like they just pick like a theme at the beginning of any given month, and that's like that's that's really all they have at the beginning and then they build it out. Like this last month was the, the theme of the month was, uh, or I guess for this month, as they were building it out, the theme was just music. You can lift weights to <laughs> like, Whoa. that's what they started with. And then now it's like, dude, it's just ballsy as fuck. So, so those dudes are tight too. Here, I'm going to put that in now. So Sick. and, um, how many, how many in the, in the band? This is just, Two guys write it, and then I think they have some other guys filling in for yeah. instruments. They haven't they haven't toured or anything at this point, just because like as they started up, it was kind of in this weird time of not being able to go and do shows or anything like that. So, uh, so it's just been the two of them kind of working on the production end of things, uh, and then. But yeah, I'm excited for things to open up and for them to be able to 
be able to make some some touring happen because they uh, they instrumental or vocal. They're vocal. They got some vocals. Yeah, some pretty killer vocals. Dude's fucking dope. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's got a sweet mustache. He's got the coolest mustache. He, he I've looks seen like in my life. he looks like the he looks like V from V for Vendetta. He's got that kind of look about him. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> okay, super tight no, dudes too. That's that's crazy because the reason I ask how many they are and um, if there's vocals or not is because like that kind of pumping out music at that rate just made me the first thing I thought was nah like they must be they can't be a full band writing together so it makes sense that it's just two two guys that write it mm, yeah. Which that's, that's like a perfect system. Cause then it's like, okay, we have two brains and like, that's, that's it versus like having a lot of extra input. And then you're able to like, you know, more, more, uh, efficiently and swiftly kind of like go through the dis- decision-making processes involved and stuff. So, yeah. 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 Cause with, uh, with, with H like with activists, we got, I line up now. The dynamic is super great. Like, um, Our instrumentals are all written like pretty much team effort between um, James, Josh, and Rich. And uh, then it gets passed to Jay and I, and then we'll come together and pretty much 50-50 attack the lyrics. So it's really, there's a good rhythm, but the speed of the speed of things, I cannot imagine bringing out an EP every six months let alone every month that's next level that's crazy uh, right it is it's crazy i was blown away when they said that dude i was like an ep a month dude i couldn't write a song in like 20 years <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah when, when when y'all get together when it's uh when it's when it's you and jay doing vocals do you uh i guess just having two vocals in the band how to how do y'all how do y'all kind of go through that that whole process so there's loads of different ways that it, it works. Um, when we meet up in person, a lot of the time we'll just freestyle and just be like, um, he'll kick a load of different subjects and lyrics that he's been writing on his own since we last saw each other. And I'll do the same. And any any that are similar or the touch on similar subjects, um, we'll be like, oh, stick them together. Like, let's put those aside remember that one that you just did oh what was that what was that yeah stick that with that one i did there because you say that and i say that fits really well together and we're like oh yeah so that happens sometimes and um that builds up ammunition for for songs and otherwise one of us will come up with an idea to kick something off and um the subject will form itself from that and uh the other will fall in line or we'll sit and discuss something and um, on tour, quite often on tour, we'll talk about things we want to write about and then it just becomes the songs go from ideas to next time a demo comes out from the instrumental side of of the band. We just make that vocal idea fit to it because it's the last idea that we were thinking about. We'll just be like, yes, yeah, let's, 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 let's do what we were talking about on tour. So there's a few different methods we've got. Um, with me living over here and with travel having got a lot more difficult recently, mm-hmm. um, and because you know we're kind of like very, you know, we're not scared of throwing some electronics into our music. We're not scared of 
um, being very like embracing technology, talking about technology. You know, so we we use the internet to write. We will write long distances a lot, a lot as well. Um, sending demos back and forth. So it's kind of like past the parcel or Chinese whispers. I don't know what you call that in the States. I know you've got a different name for it. Um, <laughs> Maybe like playing you, telephone or something. <laughs> yeah, like when you, when you pass the, the message around the circle, whisper in each other's ear and it changes like yeah. when it goes. <laughs> so yeah, we'll pass the demo around between us and each, you know, each of us adding a little something to it each time. And then it just snowballs. It grows to the, to the point where it's like, okay, we've got a song here. Yeah. Sorry. That's definitely one of the cool things about like there there's a there's a lot of obviously a lot of shit to having to deal with this this whole like COVID thing and having to, you know, be like remote and like work from home for the most part or whatever. But it, it's kind of definitely facilitated some interesting new ways to go about like the songwriting process for bands and, and like how collaborations work. Like before it required everybody getting into a space together and like and crushing the whole thing like during a, a set segment versus now it's like whenever you have an idea just kind of produce it out really quick and send it wherever you need to so so good on y'all for just embracing that as part of your system because it just just makes the whole process way easier i'd figure yeah in an ideal world i would love to be able to just walk into a room um we, we've even joked about it on tour we say like yeah let's let's one day just buy a big house in the middle of uh, like the French countryside or the English countryside. And just, we'll all just go out there for, for like a few weeks at a time. And we'll just create albums, you know, in this big house, we'll like our big holiday house. And we, we laugh about it, but honestly, I think that would be an ideal environment. I'd love to just walk into a studio, get up, everyone else meets you in there. You just walk in and go, all right, how are you guys doing? Right. Just start playing. <laughs> start playing and we'll start you know like vocalizing just um a stream of consciousness and just to write like that would be a dream uh-huh. but um you know in this world it's you know when you've got five people um you know however many you've got in your band four to six or you know mm-hmm. the slipknot slipknot level of people <laughs> in the band nine <laughs> yeah um, you got like <laughs> 20 people in a house <laughs> yeah. you're like you're a brass band you've got like 16 people in your band um <laughs> in this in this day and age you've just gotta um we just take what you know we take the opportunities we can get and if that's on a whatsapp group call or a zoom chat or if that's you know while three of us are asleep and two of us are awake vibes and ideas in the on the back of the tour bus wherever those moments happen you know we we just make the best of it mm. yeah i'd love i would love one day though man like I'd love to just do what we talk about and just get a big studio, rent out a big house or buy a big place and just have that lifestyle and just that creativity, the freedom of creativity to do that. Dude, for real. That'd be, that'd be so tight. Like even, yeah, even if you were to just like rent out, like I know, I know from watching like one of peripheries, like, or maybe it was a couple of their different like studio documentaries. I think in one of them, like they pretty much just found a space that they were going to work with, just rented it out for a little bit and then just brought all their shit in, built out their whole like recording rig. And then they're like, all right, cool. Now we have this for a bit just to like exist in and, and just kind of come up, like lay down ideas as they come up. I just love that. I love like that kind of mentality of let's escape, let's go somewhere and let's just, you know, allocate all of our attention and time to that. 
And if it was in like the French country sign, as you're saying too, that'd be pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. I'd, I would do that. Yeah. It's, um, what is it? My mom always used to say, blissfully uncontactable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, uh, I think that was when I was a kid and before cell phones and everything. Um, she used to just be like, people would be like, what's your phone number? And she didn't even have a, a landline, you know? She's uh-huh. like, no, no, I'm blissfully uncontactable. <laughs> and like, yeah, to be cut off, just say to everyone, right, we're going somewhere and like a big villa with no no cell signal. Yeah. Like this this is it. Just cut <laughs> off from cut off from the rest of the world with that creativity. That would be that would be bliss, like you say, that would be the dream, I think. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I didn't have a cell phone until I was twenty. Uh-huh. And I loved every it's minute so, of that, dude. While it's such a like such a powerful and, and useful tool, it's so nice when you get a little bit of time without it. Or in your case, when like you go a good chunk of your life without it. Right. So man. Yeah, it'd be nice if we could step away from time to time <laughs> instead of... You know what I always say? I always say, like... Well, I say always. I think I came up with this idea probably, like, 18 months ago. I've been saying it for the last year and a half. <laughs> like, um, I wish the phones had stayed, like, you know, the old-school Nokia with text messaging and Snake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the Snake game. I wish the Especially phones that. had just stayed there. And then laptops, like all the all the money and time and technology and development went into laptops. Laptops mm. are great. Laptops are sick. Mm. But, you know, you really think twice before you go in your bag and you get your laptop out. You know, you're getting it out for a reason. I think having made like internet technology in the phone shape, it's just like, nah. Dude, it's such way a, too accessible. Such a mistake. Yeah, it's, it's they were just phones. Yeah, I, I dude, actually, that's like that's a great point you make because like if you just had a phone just for like basic communication and it was at that, then that's cool. But otherwise, right now, what we have is essentially a laptop in the palm of our hand all the time and in our pocket where we can grab it. Whereas, like, there needs to be that friction, as as you're kind of saying, where you know, like not just in the moment you can always pull it out, like pull it out to like do something with it. But like with a laptop, it's like you have to be way more intentional and you have to decide, okay, I'm going to like sit down and take some time out versus pulling out your phone. And then you're on it for like hours. My dad <laughs> still has a flip phone, dude. I envy, I envy flip, flip phone owners <laughs> at yeah. this point. Yeah. Such a nice Burners. <laughs> burner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoever's got the burner phones these days. <laughs> yeah. Those are, I remember you used to be able to toss those old Nokia phones just like... Against a brick wall. Yeah, and it'd still work. <laughs> they'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> those things were... Dude, these phones cost as much as a fucking laptop. Yeah. Dude, like... Mm-hmm. You buy two laptops for the price of some of these iPhones. Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> it's, it's yep. Such a, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hellish. It's hellish. Yeah, I think uh, it's a shame. Only in retrospect can we look at things like that. I was just sitting there, you know, probably high... And just like daydreaming, like and I was just like, wow! If only phones had stayed phones. I think right. I was probably like, probably my I was just like jealous of my girl on her phone while we were watching a movie or something. I was like, damn it! Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think I tweeted it a couple of weeks ago as well. I was like, spend more time on a computer than a phone because you can do so much more. Mm. It's so much easier to multitask, and there's just a lot less distraction. Yeah. 
dude, hundred percent. And and quite frankly too, like the, these these like kind of quick things that you would need to do on a phone can be done a lot quicker on a laptop. Like like I'm sure Doug would attest to the fact that I'm like garbage when it comes to like texting back right away or calling he back is. right away. <laughs> so so like but I so, still love you. <laughs> I love you too. Man. So like in my case a lot, it's like if I if I see like a like a text comes through or I'll sometimes have it just like completely on just do not disturb mode and I'll wait until I get back to my laptop. I'll pull up like my messen like messenger on there and then I'll just fire I'll just get back to people at that point. Almost treating it like like email in that case. That way it just yep. yeah. Cause yep. the constant connection like wigs me out. In your defense, I'm a bit of an over texter and a bit of an over caller. We're, we're both the extremes. So I get I'm it, an right? under yeah. and you're an over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're at both ends of the well, extremes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just... I'm exactly. I'm exactly like that though. Like sometimes I'll be, I'll get an Instagram message and I'll reply. I did this a couple of days ago. No lie. Um, someone wrote me a kind of a long Instagram message and I just replied, Oh man, I'll get back to you when when I'm on the PC, when I'm on my PC at home. When I, and they were like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean?" Does not compute. Like, you know, Instagram.com. They were like, "What?" <laughs> Dude, huh? I hear that. I'm on Instagram on my laptop way more than I am on my phone, actually. <laughs> so I 100. Wow. People are like, "Oh, that's so weird." Like. You can do it on your laptop. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> everything's so much better on a laptop. Honestly, it really I, is. I, I agree. Like, yeah. like granted, Instagram doesn't like look as fun or anything like that, but all the functionality is still the same. So it's like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> and and you can like type yeah. out instead of having to thumb it out. I hate this. This is the th- having to write long messages with thumbs. And I can think oh, yeah. of messages better when I'm on a laptop oh, for yeah. some reason. Totally. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. if like if I tried to type my screenplay on my phone versus a laptop oh that screenplay would turn out like shit oh yeah you like go if back i did on the laptop it's like hey the, hey this actually uh sounds pretty fucking good this looks like a good movie <laughs> hey, this is on a- the phone you're like what the fuck is this like i can't even read this shit <laughs> and that's where if it was a nokia phone you'd throw it against the wall yeah like, you, fuck this garbage <laughs> it still works yeah <laughs> yeah I I just appreciate that 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 there's other people that kind of think that way because like like even us sitting here right now having this conversation like requires like technology you know but uh, right. just knowing that we all appreciate like having boundaries within technology is just a refreshing thing I think that's more and more people's take as of late too is like it's good to have it it's like nice to nice to have it around for if you need it in a pinch but like it's also very valuable to like know how and when to step away from it so yeah 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 100 percent. life is balanced but we're not very balanced no and that's the funny thing is everybody knows that Mm -hmm. it's like life's all about balance but nobody does that it's like overeat oversleep or undersleep or you know overspend or you know like don't say it like you know save too much money like don't do anything like every Everything's extreme. There's no balance. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Dude, 100%. You know what? You're touching on, you You kind of hit the nail on the head right there. Like, um, you're touching on the, the root of the problem. And, like, hmm, it's self-destruction. It's, we're self-destructive. We're destructive. Not only self-destructive, we're just destructive. Like, yeah. We know what is good for us. We know what is good for other people. We know what's good for um, 
our environment and we just don't do that yeah, we, we go, do exactly the opposite right <laughs> toss that out the window <laughs> yeah oh man and we're good in that department Did you ever see that video where it's like this round guy like walking and he's like putting on like he takes two rattlesnakes put the, puts them on his boots uh-huh. and he's like just destroying the earth as he's walking through this thing, dude. Like he's just overeating, like shooting, like just it's fucking just hilarious. doing every every wrong. And it's thing hilarious because it's like, holy shit, that's eye opening. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a meme where a guy's like shoving the earth into a wood chipper and it's just shooting money out the side, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's Jesus bleak. Christ. You know, it's like wow. Man, yeah. That's funny. But it's exactly it. It's exactly it. Mm-hmm. it's pretty it's pretty crazy dude it's just like holy shit yeah and it's crazy because like because what like we're talking about destruction and it's an interesting it's an interesting topic the thought of destruction because because it can sometimes be cloaked in something that appears constructive like like for like work for example like people being overworked and like killing themselves over their jobs not like actually killing themselves but like breaking their well, backs some well, people are I mean, but, but yes yeah in oh Japan, yeah, the, they, the suicide forest. Yeah, suicide because they've got career pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just not just in Japan. It's all over the world. People are feeling um, pressure from all angles, overworked, and it's it's killing them. Yeah, yeah. literally. Like in in I think I think in in Japan, as you're saying, they have like a forest where it's like people like know of and they go there like to do it, and it's it and it all kind of boils down to yeah, like we we do these things that like that whole like the whole dichotomy of like constructive versus destructive and no it's, balance. And it's like, yeah, like people, people may see it as one thing and it's like, like you figure, Oh, okay. I'm working to like produce value for other people and to produce like whatever for my family, like to keep them afloat. But like, but at what cost you're like breaking right. your back and like your family might be like falling apart because you're not there mentally and emotionally because you're burnt out or this or that. So it's like, yeah, like destruction can absolutely just like a, like don the mask of of construction, and then that's that's a problem. Dude, in China, they have some factories where they put nets on the outside of the building uh-huh. that catch you, if so you can't falling. jump off Jesus. and kill yourself. Yeah, which uh, if I worked in one of those factories, I might consider that. Yeah, because that's some shit over there. I feel like, like that's a good sign right away of like maybe I shouldn't work here. <laughs> you have a choice over there, dude. It's like that's the problem. Uh, you know, it's like point, yeah. that's just fucking backwards but mm-hmm. yeah crazy world yeah. to live in mm-hmm. i think that that um that like where it's cloaked in construction uh construct or in constructive manner it's like i think that might be linked to the way that we do everything the quickest and fastest mm-hmm. so it looks it's like looks super good and productive now yeah but it really like for example uh, the fuel we use, like there's 40 years left of oil. You know that? Hmm. So in the next like 25 to 30 years, all cars are going to be, they're going to have to be electric or some kind of alternative fuel. They're working know. on, um, because they make a lot of airplanes here in the city I live, in Toulouse here in France. Um, I know a lot of uh, engineers from, because I'm, um, because I'm not French, I hang around with like a lot of my friends are from the US or India. Um, 
because they're all engineers that have moved here to work for these uh, aviation companies. Yeah. And they're, talk- they're talking about how they're developing these new new fuel sources, new types of fuel, because we only have a few decades left of oil. Hmm. And so it, it like makes you think, right, so oil has contributed to, you know, destroying the environment and uh, it's pretty, it's not really good for humans even to breathe in, you know, fumes from any kind of car or vehicle or engine that's pumping out, you know, the waste gas from from gas. Mm. And uh, soon we're going to have to find another way. And it's like, why didn't we find another way in the first place? It's like, well, because it would have taken longer. Like they wanted to get cars out. They wanted to do it there and then now. Sell these things now. Like, Yeah. Nope. Uh, just doing everything the fastest way and it's really the most destructive because until we've tested and um, developed these ideas, we're not going to do them the most efficient. Yeah. And there's like to some extent where I, where I can totally, I can not, not agreeing with the, like, cause you're a hundred percent on the money. They're like that, the notion of like, you know, coming up with the quickest solution. Uh, I totally, I totally hear you out on that. One thought I have is like, I feel like to some extent that's like going to be, that's like a part of, of like development and innovation because even just looking at like music production, like music production started as like, you're cutting like actual reels to like, to like create a song versus now you can just take like digital tracks and do that. Like, why didn't we do that first? Like that, that the, the way now first, because like just the, the thought wasn't there and no one, no one really thought of that. Whereas like now, like, like kind of in the same thing, in the same vein as like the, the oil like example, it's like, yeah, like maybe that was just kind of what it was for the time. And maybe now, like, because, because whatever, whatever resources are running thin, it's like, having to look into options like that, you know? So, so totally hear you, hear you on that. Just, I guess me thinking out and loud in terms of like the reasons for certain things in development, but not, not none of that to say that changes don't have to happen. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, no, that's a good point because, um, it's kind of the other side of the coin because with music, Mm -hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people would say, you know, and I I know I always used to be before I, um, before I, (laughs) midway through my teens when I experienced drugs and electronic music <laughs> I was always I was always diehard like whoa it needs to be played with an instrument like and I know a lot of a lot of metal fans and I still like that feel that way so with music or creative a lot of creative or um, artisanal or artistic kind of things I think it's the other way around maybe mm. it used to be more uh, used to be more authentic and now with the the, um, the easiness, the, it, like the ease of use, or the trying to make it more accessible. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. The, access, the accessibility is making people take these shortcuts and it's kind of less creative. Um, yeah. The way now you can use, I was, I, I remember when I, you know, I started activist woke me up to a large area of the music industry. I didn't know about before when I was doing shows on my own and recording music mm. um, under my own name. I was amazed to to under. Sorry, it's kind of getting to like early stages of the morning right now, and I'm using <laughs> yeah. my words. You're, you're a trooper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not usually this uh, stuttery. I think I'm just yeah. I've been awake. I've been awake like 20 hours. So like um, with the music, it's it's the other way around. 
the way it's getting easier now and the, uh, yeah that's what i was gonna say the way that drums i was like whoa wait hold on in metal bands the drums are midi in some yeah, of them yeah. i'm not you know um i'm not gonna lie uh outside the box hacktivists first album that's when i when they were like oh yeah no we programmed the drums i was like nah what <laughs> because i come from a history of drumming and you know i like, hear you totally yeah <laughs> I, 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 it was one of those diehard you know everything needs to be an instrument you know all those ravers and clubbers and electronic music people or robots you know i my opinions change now i love all types of music as long as there's moderation and creativity involved but um straight up when we were doing this out al- this album hyper dialect i was like right um i don't care what we you know spend the money on put some aside for for recording drums we are recording live drums i said to i said to rich a drummer obviously i said how would you feel about recording live drums he was like i'd love to i was like right well we're doing it obviously so i made sure that every i mean i made sure i put the the idea forward to everyone that um, everything should be 100% instrumental 100% organic for this album and uh so yeah talking about the way that now technology is developed we're doing things in a better way for the planet mm-hmm. and maybe maybe with creativity and things like that we're taking a lot of shortcuts so there are two edges to the coin that's yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but yeah that's a that's a that's a cool thought we kind of stumbled upon there so I, I i dig that but um but yeah so us so uh i guess at this point we're kind of coming to time and we're also being very mindful of the fact that it's like super late for you so that being the case we wanted to just kind of as a last as a last question for you we wanted to give you the floor for you to tell anybody any of our listeners where to find you what you got going on anything of that sort so have at it all right, man, straight up. I mean, first of all, thank you to you guys. You know, um, it's, we did a whole lot of interviews around the time of the, the album launch. Um, and I, I almost, I got like, I think we were doing two or three a day. And I just got like, nah, wow. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same questions over and over. And um, this has been very refreshing to have a conversation with you guys. It's nice to um, for, you, for you to have approached me and, to be on here just on my own rep- representing hacktivists so to thank you massive thank you massive man for out. coming on thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. yeah big respect to you guys you know i love what you do you've got good good vibe good energy good d- dynamic between the two of you so heck yeah well many thanks on yeah. that and uh yeah so everybody everybody out there listening definitely definitely go check out uh joe with you- with Absolutely fucking go listen yeah. to Hyper Dialect. Dude, 100%. great album. <laughs> Slaps you around in the eardrums. And I fucking I love these guys. I love Jot. Jot, this was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, dude. So basically that's that's our new album, Hacktivist's new album. We're a, we're a rap metal kind of band, but we do a lot of different sounds. Um Hyper Dialect is the latest album. It's been out now a month or month or so, a couple months. Um that we're still jamming that, still Bust a lot of singles off that. The videos are on YouTube. Um, Jay Hurley, the other vocalist in our band, he's got a lot of solo material. Myself, um, I've got a lot of solo stuff and a whole solo EP project and a couple of videos coming out later this year as well. Mm. And uh, anyone who takes the time to listen to the band or us as individuals is ma- massively appreciated. So, yeah, thanks very much. Heck, yes. You can find us, you can find us everywhere. It's hacktivist. It's funny because when I tell people here in France the name, they're like, 
activist i'm like no hacktivist like activist because they don't say the h i'm like yeah with an h though right don't forget it's hacktivist <laughs> yes that's what, what i said activist okay all right for sure we'll let it slide <laughs> well yeah. hell yeah now everybody go check out hacktivist go check out all their all their solo and independent stuff or what have you uh jot we're gonna keep you on for a sec afterwards but we're gonna just send everybody out Everybody, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in. Go check out Jot Stuff. Go check out Hacktivist Stuff. Uh, thank you, as always, for tuning into this show. We appreciate and love the hell out of y'all dearly. Until next time, this has been Bronze Metal Podcast. <laughs>